Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Montero, and today we're joined by Nick Althoff from North Star Fitness in Onalaska, Wisconsin. Nick, how are we doing today? Hey, good. Thanks for having me, Austin. Appreciate you got it. it. Thank you for coming on here, especially on a, on a Friday, right? And um, appreciate it so much, man. Looking forward to your conversation. We talked a little bit off camera here, so uh, it's going to be fun, man. So North Star Fitness, we're up there in Wisconsin. I know we have some, some big goals here down the road, but what are you ultimately trying to build, Nick, with your business there uh, at North Star? Yeah, so um, I'll just start kind of back where we, you know, how we originated. So um, we developed some uh, robotically controlled resistance training equipment that's wow. some brand new technology. Um, it's, uh, you know, we saw a great concept to be able to build a personal training program around. Um, you know, my background was not in fitness. And so, um, you know, I knew we had a great product, right? Um, but ultimately, um, so a huge potential that as we, as we dug into it, uh, yeah. be able to personalize programs, um, sure. really tailor it to what people are, need to, uh, yeah. need to be able to be successful. And so, um, you know, as we grew our business and I started checking off all the things people didn't like going work out, you know, why they right. don't go work out, right. you know, um, you know, we're, we're geared towards private one-on-one, um, you yeah. know, private, we're going to be adding semi-private very shortly, but we're geared towards that small kind of boutique, um, um, market. And, you know, we, we want to make sure that it's, you know, it's got environment that, Hey, they feel, um, there's no intimidation, no distractions. And, you know, as you start to age, you know, um, it's, it's hard to, hard to work out. So we want to make sure it's, you know, it's fun and, you know, really focused attention from our staff to be able to have a great experience every time they come in. And so, um, yeah, as, as I went through this, I kept checking off, uh, all right, this is, um, you know, all the things that they need. So make sure uh, periodization on their programs, make sure that we're yeah. not getting our clients injured, that we're really tending to what their goals are, what they're after. And so it's been pretty cool. I mean, you know, I just saw a stat the other day that something like 90%, there's a 90 or even maybe 98% turnover rate of clients in, you know, a short time period and yeah, yeah. you know most of our clients have been with us uh since we started awesome. and so yeah and so we've right. been um you know great you know just focus on that client retention yeah and so really yeah. it's been really focused on a business that delivers results for clients it gives them the experience they want and enjoy and keep yeah. them on track and from there be able to you know replicate that sure, in another sure. location another city yeah. Yeah. and and continue to grow yeah, I love it. And uh, yeah, you mentioned their uh, retention piece, obviously key to success. I think we have to focus on that uh, tremendously, especially in like uh, the personal training and small group models, you know, for Planet Fitness, uh, you know, they don't care as much, right? They're like, whatever, 10 bucks a month, don't pay it or don't show up. And so a totally different models. So I love it. And then, uh, and then you know, I think I think with that, if I could chime in, yeah, sure, you know, sure, sure. I, you know, it's not being from the industry, what I've seen is, is like, you know, some gym owners, when they, when they give those low ball, low dollar values and get them in, I mean, it's such a disservice, not only to the, to the yeah. clients that they don't get the results. It's kind of a false promises. Um, you know, I get the need to be able to, you know, get that short-term revenue. Um, right. but you almost, you know, cut your, what is it? Yeah. Cut your, <laughs> cut your foot off in order to do so. And not only that, but you know, 
when you're in the marketplace, you know, it'd be great if everybody can raise, you know, sure. raise the float yeah. the boat, if you will. Yeah. And, um, and that's just one thing that I think I've seen in the industry that's, you know, really doesn't help. It, it doesn't help them in the competition basis or like kind of right. fighting for the bottom of the barrel. But really, you know, I, I think our job is, is business owners is to be able to help raise the bar both for, um, I love you know, yeah. give, give the reputation that the fitness industry deserves, but then also help yeah. other businesses and help clients get better results and ultimately live happier, healthier lives. Yeah, I agree. I'm so glad you said that. Like, yeah, raise the bar as business owners, as an industry, you know, at, provide more value for the client, but also charge properly for our services, right? Like, uh, yeah, I hear a lot of the other side of that. Like, you know, I want to be affordable. I want to be affordable. I, I don't want to devalue what we do. I think what we do is so important, you know, and of course there are certain scenarios you can make ex exceptions and all these sort of things, but, um, and I just yeah. talked to a lady the other day where she's considering bariatric surgery yeah. um, for her because she's tried everything. She's tried the gym. Right. She's tried pool. She's tried weight right. loss. She tried everything. Right. And so her, her logical solution is, well, I must get this, this. And it's like, you know, when you look at costs of bariatric surgery, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, yeah. knee yeah. replacement, 50, you know, 35,000 hip replacements, 55,000. I mean, it's yeah. just, uh, you know, my mom had two hip replacements and a knee wow. replacement, you know, and I, unfortunately, you know, she was one of my motivations on, you know, as you age, um, right. you know, there's CrossFit, there's boot camps, there's all right. that, but, but there's a demographic that sometimes gets forgotten. And that is, you know, yeah. the senior population and, and helping them uh, yeah. live successful lives and, sure. and yeah. without the pain, without the medical yeah. issues and, and, you know, increased potency, you name it, there's a, there's a, a uh, great opportunity that we've really focused on, you know, 40 plus um, okay. demographic that really helps, um, you know, uh, be clear about what our service is, who we're, yeah. who we're target audiences, yeah. who we're yeah. speaking to, and not yeah. trying to, um, although we, you know, our equipment can, you know, be for, for, for professional athletes, right. I can't, right. if I market to everybody, uh, you know, I'm yeah. not going to get anybody in, so. Right. Yeah. yeah, you made a lot of good points, like, uh, one is like as a successful business, we have to solve a problem of some capacity, which you just which you just laid uh, stake to, right? Like uh, the senior population, um, people getting surgeries instead of maybe training. So yeah, a great service we're doing there. And then that niche you talked about, Nick. So like having a niche um, that we're that we know we're servicing. So let's talk about that. You said you're you're basically forty plus is your niche you're going after, right? So not going after that's maybe is a is coming to you, right? Not even we're going to them, we're coming to us. How have you guys gone about marketing your program to appeal to that certain niche of people? That's, that's a great question. So, and frankly, that's uh, for, for me, has been one of the hardest parts. Um, okay. I would, I would definitely uh, recommend partnering with someone who can understand your business and not just put out a, you know, um, you know, call 3% ad or just, you know, yeah. uh, come in and try it type ad. Yeah. Um, but really we've been focusing on that education part. Um, so okay. we've run, We've run a number of different um, funnels to be able to um, address, you know, what they're struggling with yeah. and how, you know, uh, what they've tried hasn't work, worked, okay. you know, whether it be diets or whether it be, um, you know, an exercise program that got them, got them injured yeah. Yeah. and really just, just work systematically um, and, um, you know, addressing what their needs are. And one of our, you know, one of the, our, of our best clients, um, she uh, she actually contacted us a year prior and you know couldn't get a hold of her couldn't get a hold of her um, right. and then you know she I, she contacted us again a year later 
and um, you know, so people take time to to make those sure. decisions, sure. right? Sure. So, um, you know, so we we just want to make sure we're providing that content that that it yeah. speaks to what they're what resonates with them, and yeah. at some point, you know, you know, you, life's busy, right? I mean, I've got you know, a busy family and, um, sure, sure. you know, my wife's, uh, works too, and she's, she's busy. And so I can't respond if I got wanted to go do something, I can't do it right now, but yeah, yeah. You know, but if somebody keeps, you know, telling me that like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then finally one day I'm, I'm going to go do it. So. Yeah. That's always a interesting thing, right? It's like, uh, I want to get back to in a sec, like that lead nurture part of the business, right? Like it's, I feel like there's this really small window. We have to, to reply to them. You know, I was always like, you know, when, when somebody used to walk in my gym, I know if they walked out without me talking to them or whoever I had in place, they were not. Odds are they're not coming back, right? So it's a really small window to get them to get them in the door and get them started, which uh, feels like pretty unique to our industry because obviously what we're doing is hard, right? We're going to go work out and all that sort of stuff. So I do want to talk about that in one sec, Nick. But before sure. that, with the uh, content piece that like you focus on for marketing, I like that you said education. I believe we have to like, educate 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 out educate and out share uh our competition so to speak like that's i think that's i think that's the future of marketing if that makes any sense but um have you done anything social media is it all organic have you done any paid advertising a mix of both uh direct outreach how, how does that look for your strategy yeah great great question so yeah. um yeah and first of all I, you know for my own personal as as an owner like you know i frankly don't like to go on social media right. <laughs> that often i hear you can are you you're, I got uh, you. I, 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 the video for us audio is still good it'll come back in a sec no okay problem. all right yeah, we'll no worries. um yeah so you know i myself i i wasn't big into social media right yeah. and and i you know i i didn't grow up with it and so i it was hard for me to i actually had to get involved when i launched my gym sure, sure. um and so that was actually really hard hard for me to be able to come through and like okay what am i trying to say and then and then looking for that immediate response and i realized yeah. that you know uh, first of all, I did, you know, cut the ego out and just realize right. it's not about me and, right. um, and just focus on, um, you know, the message they want. So the other thing with our demographic, first of all, we have a lot of people that actually aren't on social media. Um, yeah. but those that do, it's not like they're going to, they're going to like and share your posts. Right. 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 Um, but that doesn't mean they're not looking at it. Sure. And so, yeah. um, what we do is we put organic content. Um, we, we we're actually creating our system for this right now. Um, nice. And we're getting ready to roll out for the rest of the year, which is kind of cool. cool. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're putting out um, organic content okay. with different nutrition, um, you know, motivation, uh, yeah. you know, a demo, sure, here, sure. you know, uh, laced in there. Um, so we have that content going out. And then for the, what we really get our audience distribution is through the paid advertising. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. so we, we do broad, broad based, um, you know, video views to get, yeah. to get, um, cast yeah. a broad net, if you will. Sure, and sure. then, and then based on, you know, if that piques an interest, then we'll follow up with, um, you know, another line of videos that kind of speaks mm -hmm. of, of, you know, things that they, so obviously they're interested. So we want right. to come up yeah. with a way that says, okay, now that you've taken that first step, then, okay, now here's some more information. And then mm -hmm. based on what they engage with there, then we, then, then we provide the offer. So okay. we have yeah, yeah. a multi, multi-tiered uh, funnel sure. that we run for that. And um, yeah, and that's been yeah. distribution. Um, you know, it's been, it's been really good. 
um, you know, trying to dial in the messaging and the and the and the copy and all that. What's what's resonating and that that I that I find uh, the hardest part because I'm I'm like okay, do it, get feedback, do it, get feedback, and it's you know it doesn't quite work that way. You've got to just yeah, it's crazy. The algorithm is something else. It changes like by the day. It seems maybe quicker now. But um, two questions for you on that, Nick. One. And you don't you don't have to give me numbers if you don't want to, but what's the what's the ROI been like on that paid advertising? And I'm sure it's been mostly is it been mostly Facebook and Instagram type of stuff? Yeah, Facebook and Instagrams are are, are demographic. Um, and so um, yeah, the I guess I don't have a specific ROI number. We track it a little bit differently on on that, but um, yeah, the conversion rate um, you know following that approach, um, you get you get a very uh, much more high qualified leads yeah, um, yeah. coming in. So yeah, um, yeah so our, our goal is that we're converting 75% of the leads that come in. And, and of those, so if 75 leads that come in, we get, we get a hold of. And then our, our next goal is those that we bring in the studio, we convert yeah. 75% of that. Okay. Um, okay. Solid. Yeah. And, and um, you know, as we've gone through this, it, it was a breakdown of process, you know, yeah. Um, you know, what we've recognized is some gaps, just like, just like any team, right? Cool. You take the snap, you go do this. Okay. Well, if it didn't go right, then analyze yeah. how it went. So, so we've been, you know, I've been working with our staff, um, you know, as we, to get, to ratchet up those numbers and get those where we need to be. And it's been, uh, you know, it's been super uh, rewarding to actually see, you know, to be able to help the staff see, not only your staff, but yourself and how yeah. you coach yeah. them and sure. your own understanding how to be able to, you know, increase your conversion uh, yeah. ratio on that. And um, yeah. And so, oh, yeah, yeah. Always, always important, right? Like, um, and like, obviously we have these huge platforms, you know, that are at our fingertips right nowadays on our phones that people can look at and we can always be out there. But of all your advertising, is there any initial offer like right now that's working better for you? We've seen, obviously, I'm sure you've seen like the, obviously the free trial or like a six week challenge or, I'm even seeing uh, eight-week challenges now, 12 weeks, bigger stuff, higher ticket price stuff. Um, our, our best conversion has been from a 12-week uh, week. program. Got it, nice. Yeah, um, I think for our demographic, when you, you know, if, if you go you know, six, six or even eight, you know, it's, um, it's just not realistic for them, you know, sure. but 12 sure. weeks, most of them, you know, when they come in, we, we don't actually offer, you know, we offer them based on, on where they are and what what's going to take sure, to sure. get their goals, yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's obviously going to be no less than six months, right? right? So, right, so even yeah. though we cut, we get them on the twelve week, you know, based on where they're at, we'd recommend a you know package that would be suitable yeah. to get their goals because that's ultimately what we want to deliver. Sure, um, sure. Some still say that hey, I just want to stick with the twelve weeks, and we yeah. you know so we work through that. But um, okay. but the twelve week is kind of that middle ground between what's um, yeah, you know what they can you know digest from a time point frame sure, and sure, um sure. Uh, another one we're uh just rolling out is you know try it try it before you buy it um yeah. to you know reduce that that mm-hmm. upfront um concern about okay getting yeah. locked into something and um yeah or a bait yeah, and sure. switch or anything like that um sure, yeah so, so someone uh, yeah someone kind of a almost like a guarantee without a guarantee but yeah some, some sort of thing we're not locked in yeah so many ways we can do it that's why i asked which one seems to have worked best you know I'm sure you've seen a ton of the six week challenges or like, like I said, the eight week challenges, the 12 week I've seen. Um, yeah. I, I like that part. Is there any part, Nick, to your business that's online, online coaching in any capacity? Um, are, are you guys 
utilizing that at this point in time or something in the future, or is it just hands-on in person? Um, we, we offer online for, you know, um, our current clients. So if they can't, if they're on vacation or they can't make it in that day or, yeah. you know, um, yeah. they're running late, um, yeah. they, they may opt to do a, an online okay. uh, session, which yeah. works out great um, um, from both fronts because they're not coming late to the session and, yeah. you know, and so it, it works great. But um, yeah, we don't offer that to the public um, just because it's not, uh, you know, it would, our whole conversion approach sure. would have to change a little bit. Sure, so sure, yeah. Totally yeah. makes sense. Yeah, totally makes sense. Just definitely wanted to just ask you that and see uh, see where you guys are at with there. Just because obviously we see a lot of money flowing in that direction. It's going to be part of it's part of this industry, right? So it's just something something we're competing with, we'll say in some capacity. But yeah, and I would say my trend what I've seen is that people yeah. actually want to get out. So Person, people that yeah. have been in, you know, Inside. have been kind of confined or they just haven't yeah. quite made that. They they want that interaction now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I agree. I've seen that too. I've definitely seen across like told you I've spoken to gym owners across the country and world now, which is pretty cool. But yeah, I've definitely seen uh, people wanting to go back to personal training in person more than a big group, more than a big box gym type of thing. So yeah, I, I agree totally. Uh, one more point there on the marketing piece, Nick, then I'll move on. Just we get these leads through whatever, you know, maybe get word of mouth, maybe we get social media, maybe we get some a walk-in. How do you go about nurturing that lead to get them in the door best, like communicating with them, the cadence of that? What does that process look like for you guys? Yeah. So uh, first of all, we want to reach out to them as soon as they, yeah. you know, as soon as they're, they come in, which, you know, for our size actually can be really difficult um, because they can either right. come in the evening or we're, yeah. we're training or, you know, we've, we got a full schedule, so we're training. Um, so oftentimes, you know, that first call is, is um, sure. even though it's so important, it's been a little bit challenging for us at our, at our stage. Okay. Um, but then, yeah, we, we follow up. We, do, we don't inundate them, um, right. you know, with, you know, ton of calls right away but we basically we shoot for um basically at least two calls a day okay um okay. and um yeah we've just expanded a number of times we're calling um yeah. and then from there they get an email sequence that that it's uh, like a 28 day email sequence yeah. um and um yeah and then we're we we send them a weekly email okay. and then we'll follow up with a periodic email based on um based on you know what we're Sure. You know, and a uh, promotion or, you know, yeah, something yeah. that come up that week. So, um, but yeah, we don't, I've heard some people, you know, do send it out three times a week and, um, right. you know, um, I, you know, I think some of that's good. Uh, just, you know, there's that balance between inundating them to the point like, I don't want to like, stop, anymore. yeah, stop, stop. And, yeah. And providing them good content um, yeah, exactly. that they, that they want to, I agree. I agree. I don't think we want to chase them. You know, like people run from things to chase them. So like, yeah, it's like that, that fine line of like, what's enough, what's too much. So like, have you done it the same way throughout the course of the time the business has been open or have you guys tweaked it a little bit? Um, I would say, uh, I mean, tweaked it a little bit, but not yeah. really okay. not, the same basic concept. Okay. I've always, I mean, I, I kind of look at things systematically, like, you know, patterns yeah. and, and, sure, sure. and that, and I, and I think, um, the biggest thing for us has been, you know, there's, you know, there's services you can buy for the weekly email and, you know, there's right. a couple of places in town that use the same one. And I, you know, I just saw it's not really, you know, I, yeah. we're, we're different than a lot of, you know, right. a typical gym or, um, right. yeah. or other health club like that. So we, you know, we want to make sure that we're providing content that really um, speaks of our service, helps us stand out a little bit. So, yeah. but that also means it's taking more time and effort and 
customization. So I'm trying to I'm trying to automate that, um, and uh, I got some good stuff I've been working on uh, with one of my coaches um, yeah, to do that. Awesome. So with yeah, with all this marketing and lead nurture and uh, systems in place, where did that come from? Did you, is that from your past uh, experience, your past career? Um, or have you learned this as you started or work with any kind of mentor program? Cause that, I think it's vital to our success in the gym. And a lot of gyms don't, don't do this right at all. So like, yeah. what, yeah. How, uh, yeah. That's a great, that's a great, that's a great question. And, uh, so first it. of all, first of all, my, it does not come from my history. I, I did not yeah. market. I didn't sell. I didn't know any of this yeah. stuff. So I had to, I had to learn that. Um, so, you know, the first thing you're drawn to is these guys who promise you leads and, you know, you know sell this stuff and, and, um, and so we, you know, that's where we first started out with. And I think we ended up, you know, 120 leads in a month and, yeah. you know, every month and, and, you know, just, just following up on those, uh, yeah. was challenging enough, but then the quality of leads was, you know, huge number of no shows. Um, sure. you know, it just, it just is a really challenging, uh, I mean, just kind of burden the whole system and then yeah. Yeah. You, know, you can't follow up, but that's when I re- recognize like, uh, this is, that's when I know I, I needed to make a change because I, it's like, okay, that's, that's not nobody in there who might, none of my staff will be happy because they're always, yeah, right. you know, they're never being successful. Yeah. Um, and there's, it's such a dynamic environment that I, I don't have any stability. So um, I, te- I hired this uh, coach. Um, I can put his name in the podcast, um, but he uh, ran some per- uh, successful personal training studios um, yeah. okay. and, and he really did more, more of that content and sure, education-based sure. marketing. And that really resonated with me just because, yeah. you know, and you understand our demographic, they're affluent, they're smart, they're not, yeah. you know, they're not, um, you know, they want to, they want to know what they're getting into. And right. so, um, so he really helped me both craft the message, tune the message, um, help me with my own, own yeah. um, you know, how I'm, how I'm communicating, how I do my videos yeah. and, and things like that. So huge yeah and like uh i think our brand is like our could be a, our best lead generator and like i think we all obviously have to tell a story it's, you know the business has to tell a story so yeah i love all that stuff and um a lot of gyms miss that and i think it's like uh you know a huge key to success is like what, what we just kind of talked about you know well if, if i just add to my my um you know my background is actually i used to work for a fortune 100 company right yeah. and i ran you know i consulted i ran production facilities yeah. and i ran you know, um, you know, I had to go into places where they, the, the, oper- the, the employees knew absolutely nothing. Right. And then they had to teach them, you know, these things. Yeah. And the only way they could do is, is create these systems and this methodology for it. And right. when I came to the fitness industry, um, and even how I developed our, 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 our method, the maximum muscle potential method, it's, it's, um, I t- took the same approach where it's like, okay, I systematize how I get results how I, you know, um, train my staff, um, the things that they need to grow and develop and give them the tools that they need. But then in that process, I found that, you know, they, there's some things that I have to help with their continuing education. Um, you know, um, just a number of different fronts there. And then, um, and then with that was even the, then how you speak to the, to the prospects, right? That's really a system. And so how do you do that um, consistently? Right. And I think one thing that, people kind of there's a great guy a great author is patrick lencioni uh if any okay. if anybody out there hasn't read his books um he does a lot on like um uh like 
organizational health and yeah. you know employee engagement and what's satisfying but yeah. but um you know in about teamwork and and yeah. things like that so you know it's really um when you're able to um you know help your staff see this too and help sure. them grow and be able to um um yeah just be able to be more fulfilling in their job and and help them see the vision of where they're going and then and then yeah. these systems kind of take place but anyway one of the things he said is uh you know quite often companies run on adrenaline right so we run we run on adrenaline to get that lead we run on adrenaline to get that sale we run on this adrenaline so yeah. you know we're constantly on this adrenaline high for that long but at a certain point if you yeah, it just tanks yeah. I mean, it, it will happen like unless you have yeah. a foundation for sure. And so, yeah. you know, what systems do is really help you build that foundation. Yeah. If you're, if you're a go-getter and you like that adrenaline, you, that actually um, can accelerate that because then you, you don't, all the little stuff, it's systematized yeah. and so you don't have to, you know, put any brain power yeah. to it and you can, yeah. uh, you know, and you can, um, you know, keep, keep your, yeah. if you're growth, growth minded uh, and do that, it really, it, sure. it's, it's, it's what allows you to keep, continue to grow. And so yeah. we've grown, um, I think it's it's um, should have research for it, but it's, but it's been uh, I think first year we did uh, you know it was about twenty percent growth, nice. uh, then forty percent growth, and another forty percent growth, and awesome. um, yeah, so we're you know we're we're probably per square foot um, you know one of the most profitable, <laughs> but uh, yeah. we have we have a long ways to go too, so it's you know we're we're cool. never going to stop improving. Yeah, we, we can always, we can always, yeah, I, I don't believe in maintenance. I don't think it's a real word. Right? Like, I think uh, you're going this way or going this way in some way, shape or form. But uh, yeah, I love you said systems. I think that's key. And like, I know I ran on dopamine hits for probably a decade. Like, not, and that's not a good thing. Cause like, uh, when that switch turns off, you may run into a few issues, right? So uh, yeah, I, I love you made there. Like, if you have systems in place for those small things, you know, like that maybe if you're that type of person that you don't like to do, like, I think it's, uh, I think that's really great success, uh, advice and uh, for your team too. Like you brought up your team there, Nick, and like them knowing the vision and them being able to like succeed in their role within our business, I think is how we're able to get a good staff. Like it's, it's hard. Have you had, I get a lot you know, on the show and uh, just out, out in the public, like people having trouble hiring like right now, like for good trainers. And I know different markets kind of matter where we are across the country, but um. I think a lot of that is from the leadership in the gym too. Like, like I look back and think of things where I messed up with employees, coaches of mine, but um, yeah, what's your staffing setup been like? How has, has it been a problem for you? Has it been good? Uh, it sounds like your staff is pretty strong. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, it's kind of comes from my background. Um, yeah. You know, it doesn't mean, in, in, especially in the startup phase, right? You're going to, you're going to have um, your hiccups along the way, but um, but fun, fundamentally, you know, I've, this, this is one thing as a leader, I've, I've really had to do, first of all, um, you know, you always got to check your ego because yeah. Yeah. Um, quite often, first of all, I had, I've had to say like, okay, the, the employee always wants to do well. Like right. they don't come in there saying, Hey, I'm going to make your life a misery. I want to, I want to perform. I want to succeed. Right. And it's yeah. our job as leaders to make sure that we deliver right. what they can uh, to do to be successful and really help build that ownership in the business. Um, and so that means, you know, giving guidance with, for them um, and for them to grow, that means you also have to grow. Right. So I think, you know, since COVID, I see your bookshelves in the back there, but I've, I've 
bought oh, myself yeah. about the same size, you know, bookshelf. And yeah. just in, you know, since COVID I've, you know, I've, you know, just for my own personal growth, yeah. have read so many different books because I realized, oh my gosh, like I, I'm asking them to do something that I, yeah. I can't do myself. Yeah. And I wasn't clear on what I actually wanted. And although I, yeah wanted something I, I didn't articulate or they couldn't sure. do it you know so so a number sure. of these things that um you know i was looking at yourself first to be able to say okay how right. can i help them be successful and coming from a kind of a servant leadership uh, point of view really helps and it doesn't you know it doesn't happen overnight no um but it's a skill for sure it's a skill and yeah. particularly those owners that started a business and they ran the show and they did yeah. this training and they developed that like it is I, and I, I, the benefit, I, I did create that, but I didn't actually, you know, it wasn't full-time training. So it was right, like, right, right. I didn't have to go with that dynamic, but I can imagine like, it is so hard to pull yourself out because even, yeah. even for any owner, when you do that, you don't get the attention, you know, all this yeah, other stuff, yeah, but yeah. would you rather have attention, you know, attention and not be making, you know, the money that you need right. to, right? or would you rather, you know, yeah. you know, be able to help grow your staff take yourself out of the picture, give them the tools they need. And then you, yeah. you actually get elevated. Um, you know? Yeah, and, I agree. It's like that life cycle of a gym owner entrepreneur. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I love you brought up servant leadership, like, you know, being open-minded, being uh, empathetic as much as you possibly can. Um, and then uh, just open to diverse ideas, right? Like it's a key thing. And it's also, I think kind of lacking too, in this, in this space, you know, a little bit, at least, uh, at least what I've seen. So the more that we have, the better. And uh, I think if you're like that, you'll have less problems finding good staff. You know, like uh, I think it should come back to us at the end of the day. Like, and, uh, but yeah, and we obviously cannot scale our gym business to like, unless we have the team in place, we can only do so much by ourselves. Right. So uh, yeah, Nick, I love that, man. So now back to the clients, man, like how, I know we're client focused, which is awesome. How are you best able to keep them engaged? Uh, when they're in the gym, when they're out of the gym, uh, is there a cadence to your communication with them, with your current clients? You guys do events. What does that engagement process look like for the to keep retention as high as possible? Yeah, um, it's a great question because we're actually one of one. In fact, that one of our longtime clients, he had uh, was in the studio. Another one, longtime clients, was in the studio the other day at the same time, yeah. and they had never met each other. You yeah. know. Yeah. And so our clients don't actually interact. So they're not like a, you know, they're not feeding off of a, a group yeah. type environment. I mean, they're really there to get, get the results. Right. And so, um, and then also you know, make sure they feel great leaving it every yeah. time. Yeah. So, um, so we've put together some metrics. Um, I worked with my, my coach on, on different metrics. Like yeah. how do you measure success? Right. Well, right. Um, you know, really everyone's different. Right. But, if they have a certain body fat, right, they need to get that body fat down. Yeah. Um, if, if they've got certain, you know, they got certain functionality that they need to be able to achieve. So, so, you know, it's not just a matter of coming in and getting workout. No, we're, we're, we're focused on, you know, crafting a program that would allow them to improve in, you know, area X, Y, Z. Right. And then from that, you know, we need to make sure we're checking up on that. Um, so we go, you know, every eight weeks we do a, a uh, another assessment and make sure we're on track, re-engage with that client. So essentially it's many, many re-engagements to that client, make sure that we're aligned on there, get, get feedback on how we, how we are. 
And then uh, ultimately as a business owner, I need to be able to see the big picture. So we have to track that um, ourselves um, outside of what the client sees, but then we can, now I've got, you know, discussion points I can have with my staff on areas that we need to improve. You know, are they, are they coming? Our attendance rate over the last, you know, year has been since uh, August is, you know, just because the last time I looked has been over 90%. Wow. Um, wow. And, awesome. and, um, you know, and so we really, if they're, if they're not coming in, yeah. first of all, if they're going on vacation, we, we, we know that up front so that we work those sessions in uh, right. beforehand, um, but we're, we're we'll holding them accountable to what they, they want us to do. So, um, yeah. So it's, um, I think it's, yeah, I think it's super important. Like a uh, big picture, like you just said, and like same way you're like, communicating with these leads, like same communication strategy, uh, and maybe even more with, with our current clients. And I love that, that check-in, you know, uh, after like their initial start, because, um, you know, I think that's super important. And obviously it shows there in your attendance numbers, you know, through the roof, which is great. You, you mentioned there, Nick, in that last part about the clients and, and like how you measure success for them. So I just kind of wrote down as you were talking, how do you measure success, uh, for your business as a, as a business owner and as a, a gym uh, altogether, what is that? What is, what does that mean for you? You know, with our clients, we're like, Hey, I want to lose 10 pounds. I want to gain some muscle. I want to feel better, play with my kids. Like what is it for you on the business side of things? Yeah. Uh, so great question. Um, yeah. So we have revenue goals. Um, we've yeah. got, um, we've got um, a profit percentage that we, we want to hit. Right. Um, and then, um, you know, we've are because we want to grow, we want, yeah. we've got a, you know, an account we want to uh, stash so that we've got right. uh, ability to use that capital yeah, um, yeah. towards next facility um, or, or expanding here locally. Um, and then um, from there, yeah, looking at our, your conversion rates, looking at your um, your, your attendance, uh, yep. looking at those things that we'll, we know that are going to help us um, succeed. So, um, you know, our, our goal is to, to grow to uh, over half a million uh, in sales and, um, we're going to get there. And yeah. so, um, yeah. And it's just, um, make sure we're focusing on what, what limiting factor we are right now and sure, keep, sure. um, keep dialing it in. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Uh, to, to have goals, I think is key. Uh, I love writing them down, putting them out there, then obviously taking action to uh, achieve these things. Right. So, um, with all that being said, Nick, what's, what's the next year for you, your main focus now from a growth perspective, uh, for North, North Star Fitness over the next, you know, 12 to even 18 months. Yeah, so we want to uh, grow our staff. Uh, we've we've rolled out a, uh, a six-month onboarding training program for our staff. Um, so now we've been putting that into play and we're finding, we're finding that. So our goal is to get that solid, um, get our marketing um, uh, that we've uh, just started out last year, really, really get dialed in, our conversion yeah. rates dialed in. And then um, make sure we're delivering on our our clients, our our um, goals for our clients. And once that's in place, now I know that basically it's it's kind of running on its own. Yeah. yeah. And then from there, the next stop would be either expand, um, you know, here locally, or right. look at opening a new a new facility. So yeah. that's awesome. Um, so man. yeah. So the goal is basically to be ready uh, over the next year to be. Yeah. Um, okay. in position to open another another facility Beautiful. and then uh, after that um, the goal is another and and then keep um, just keep going yeah. 
keep going. Yeah. So I, I love it. Yeah, I love it. And I love putting those goals out there and then manifesting it. I think if we don't talk about it, it, it never happens. So like, yeah, I love it. Yeah, Nick, that, uh, in fact, I just read that, uh, you know, if you tell somebody, you know, yeah. automatically you've got like, a, was it 60% increase? Yeah, for sure, gonna hit it, I so. think it's so true. I've been reading a lot about that and like, like affirmations and all that stuff. I don't know, a couple books. We talked about books. So before we go, I want to see how I can find it. I'm going to read it. This book I love. Can you see that? Company of One. Oh, nice. That's something uh, I think uh, you probably enjoy just from our conversation. Um, you know, it's about small businesses and it's like what growth means, especially like in these, it can mean a thousand different things, you know, but there's some cool things in there about marketing and uh, other things I think that carry over to like, like the gym business, like it's in 2022, right? So uh, very cool. But uh, yeah, I just finished that. So top of mind. And uh, awesome. Appreciate yeah. the, the uh, recommendation. Of course. we could, That'll be another podcast of all, all the books. You know, this is just, I have a thought. I got a ton, I'm sure as you do. I got a ton more bookshelves uh, downstairs, but it's fun. I love it. It's so, not enough uh, time of the day to read. It's really not, man. I just pretty much now it's just been like weekends for me. I try to I try to get a book on a weekend, like try to you know bang it out, so to speak. Um, man, it's, that's seven awesome. weeks. I've done it. I've done it seven weeks in a row. Uh, this is this is this week's book right here, and uh, ready to rock. But yeah. Hey, one one thing on uh, on this too. Yeah. We want you know one thing that our our client she gave me uh, the uh, John Maxwell daily. Uh, daily readings uh, <laughs> daily very very possible it's got a leather bound and everything yeah um, it's his daily reader but yeah yeah mine's not leather but it's you know okay old. yeah but anyway you know when when you deliver for your clients you want what's best for clients i mean they yeah. want what's best for you and help your business so right, right. Yeah, i mean she's looking up she gave a, a gift for each of our staff and cool. for me and um awesome. it was just you know it's it's moments like that you realize you know, running a business is a lot more than just, you know, trying to make money or, or exactly. that. That's, exactly. you're really yeah. impacting people's lives, your clients, your staff, um, even yeah. your own family, you know, so. So many lives. Stuff. Yeah. And like in, in this fitness world, we get to do it like through, uh, I think we're solving that one of the biggest problems out there. So uh, even uh, better, you know, I remember going home at night, you just have this huge sense of purpose that you're able to actually help somebody's life uh, in a good way, you know, which I think is unique and awesome. So uh, yeah, Nick, great place to wrap this up, man. Where can the listeners check you out? Uh, website, social media, where can we find you and just kind of follow along with your story? Yeah, awesome. So you can go to www.northstarfitness.us. Um, you, you follow us on Facebook at, at uh, just look up North Star Fitness yeah. in Alaska. Uh, we're on Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn. Um, yeah, like, love follow, it. share. Uh, love, to, love to connect. Yeah, I love it, man. Love it, Nick. I'll be following you here in a second. And uh, yeah, man, thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Wish you guys continued success. Thank you very much, Austin. You got it. You got it. And listeners, we appreciate you guys as well. Please hit like and subscribe to be notified for our future episodes. And until next time, Jim Lords, we are out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. 
What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lord Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Anthony from Monster Mouse out in Port Ritchie, Florida. Welcome to the show, Anthony. How are you today? Thank you. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, and I'm really excited to start my day here with you and, you know, learn about your business. But before we do that and I get too excited, let's talk a little bit about what it was, Anthony, that made you decide to open up this gym. So um, essentially, you know, we all find something in life, dude, that that keeps us moving forward, you know, so like for me, I needed to find something after the age of 23, I had recently got out of business in 2008, um, because you know, everything just started crashing. So and I sold all my businesses. And I'm like, all right, now I'm bored. Like, what can I do, you know, and I'm like, I need to find a hobby. So the only hobby I could physically find that I could afford at the time was going to the gym. And I'm like, well, I, I can do this. This is, this is getting healthy. And I did it in high school. So I figured at 23 it's a good good time to start back up so I started going back to the gym working my tail off about eight years into the gym I found a gym that was lift more fitness is now pro gear um which it just changed my way of what I what how I seen a gym because I was stuck in commercial gyms and I met this super awesome guy Mike and he turned around and he was like you know come to my gym come let me show you a different way so I showed up to his gym it was super awesome you know he, he was a smaller gym at, at first and then he continued growing so when he moved to his second building you know he's like you know you could do this and I'm like I, I do he goes you're good at it and I'm like you know he's like, this is your next business bro so I'm like all right that'd be great you know he's like man he goes it's going to take a lot of work but it's worth it you know in the end it's worth it because you get to help a lot of people you make a little bit of money and you know it, through the community you've helped so many people to to move forward and, and be healthy and enjoy their life you know to either touch their feet you know whether it was just to lose you know a couple extra pounds to feel better at the beach you know whichever so I decided all right I can open up Monster Mouse so I actually sold my home because I needed them startup money. Nobody would give me the startup money for a gym. So I sold my house in 2017 and used that money in 2018, we opened up Monster Mouse, you know, and, and that's how we, that's the start. <laughs> that's really crazy. You sold your house to open up this business. That's a huge gamble. Props to you for doing that. But like, who doesn't love helping people and making money? I mean, it's that's the best, it's the, it's the best business because you feel kind of like a superhero, right? When you're able to help people find like, the sustainable health and fitness lifestyle thing. It's, it's so, it's so rewarding. Um, so, you know, Anthony, what I would love to do from this point is for you, just give us an elevator pitch about Monster Mouse. Tell us who you are, what you have to offer. Just paint that picture for us and our listeners. Oh, I would love to. So Monster Mouse Fitness, as soon as you walk in the door, it's a complete different vibe. So like when you walk in, it's like, hey, how are you doing? You're not a number. We want to know your name. You know, we want, hey, Jerry, how are you doing today? What's your goal today? What, what are you going to do today? And, you know, from the owners, the couple staff members and even the gym members, you know what I'm saying? They'll come, Hey, what are you doing today? So we're more of a hardcore gym. Then people say hardcore. I don't mean by like, you know, a bunch of meatheads running around screaming and, you know, and spitting on the ground and stuff like that. It's more of a, a weightlifting gym. So what we did was we got a lot of plate loaded equipment. We've got a lot of stuff you see on like YouTube and Instagram, but you never really see in gyms, commercial style gyms. So you're like, man, I would love to use a belt squat, but they don't have those in commercial gyms. So, you know, what we do is we go and find special, specialty equipment and we bring it in so we can allow people to see the difference in the equipment that is out there and then in, in doing that we're able to help so many more people so I help a lot of motorcycle accident you know people come into Monster Mouse um, and like either 
they've lost an arm or, you know, they can't squat anymore because their back is messed up. So like we went out and purchased a belt squat to make sure they can continue moving forward, you know, with squatting and doing stuff they used to normally do. And, you know, that's the reason why the specialty equipment comes in because we, we literally specifically buy equipment for the members that come in the, through the door, which a lot of gyms are not going to do. We go above and beyond to make sure every customer or every member that walks in feels at home, you know, because that's what we want you to feel like you want to feel like at home and we're 24 hours. So we allow it, you know what I'm saying? Allow you to come whenever, you know, and our biggest thing is we don't want you to be stuck here. We want you to be here because you want to be here. So we even do a small, like, um, a small uh, exit fee is what we call it. You know, if people want to be here and it worked out great, great. If it didn't, we, we charge a $25 cancellation fee. We don't hold you to the contract. Uh, there's no contract. We just don't hold you here because we want you to be here um, because you want to be here. And they, yeah, usually everybody stays. We've had most all of our members for the entire four years. We're going on to our fifth year in September. And all of our members all say the same thing, the best vibe. We, we create a, a vibe that you want to be here. So when you walk in, you're like, yes, you know, I'm, I'm going to get a workout. Yes, I know I got help here. It gives you the confidence to walk in the door and know that even, even being a starter, that somebody's going to be here to help at all hours of the day. Wow, sounds really nice, like a nice environment to walk into if you're looking to, you know, get a workout. Now, let me ask you, on top of the 24-7 kind of open model gym, are you guys offering, you know, personal training, semi-private training? Do you have any sort of classes, you know, or is it just, you know, come and do your thing and then head out? So we, we thought about the, the, the just come and do your thing and leave. That really doesn't help everybody. So right. we created programs, training programs. We either do four sessions a week, three sessions a week, two sessions a week, or we call it fresh up sessions. So fresh up sessions um, throughout the week, what we do is we allow somebody to come in. They can just drop in. They just got to set an appointment with one of the trainers. They come in, they, then they get freshened up. They make sure their form is correct. A lot of people, you know, either worked out before or, you know, are just getting back to working out and they want to make sure their form is okay. So they don't necessarily need training. They just need to be helped, you know what I'm saying, to make sure everything still looks good on the way they are doing it. And if they're not, we can correct it and make it better for them. So we allow, you know, we allow the drop in one, you know, one day, one time sessions. We also, like I said, do full package training, training sessions. We even do competitive tra training packages. Okay. We're also a full nutrition store too. So what we, what we do is we work with Axe and Sledge, um, which is Seth Ferrosi's brand, um, and then AMN Nutrition, which they, I believe, are going to Project One is their new is their new uh, product coming out. And we stay very relevant with the new products coming out. We offer BCAAs, proteins, you know, pumps, uh, uh, non-stem pre-workouts, pre, you know, pre-stems. So it's just you know we we try to get every aspect, so you don't have to go nowhere. We're we're your one-stop shop for fitness. I, I love when people say that they can be like a one-stop shop, right? We want, we ideally as a consumer, we don't want to have to go to two different gyms to get, you know, everything that we're looking for in a fitness yes. lifestyle. So when you can provide personal training, you have the supplements um, and all of that, it's great. So for you guys right now, you know, in this business, it's, it's personal training is good because it can be a really good piece of our revenue we can make a lot of money from it if we're doing it right and we're selling it right so for you guys right now what percentage would you say of of the revenue of the business is coming from personal training so i would definitely say about 45 percent. that's Believe impressive it. yes we got a, we get we get 
uh, I personally train about 15 people daily. <laughs> and those are one hour sessions. They usually run about 45 minutes, you know, and then I usually say 15 minutes for breaks in between little small water breaks and conversation, because you definitely want to know your, your trainee. You don't want to just be training them. Oh, Hey, have a nice day. You know, get out the door because that ain't how we treat our, tra our trainees. You know, they're, they're not only are they in, in trusting, you know, that we're doing our job correctly. They're also paying us very well and they need to know exactly what we're doing. We set you up and treat you so well that you could leave us or we, we train you so well that you can leave us but we treat you so well that you stay you know and they're like Man, i want to be here this is where i want to continue my fitness journey and we you know what i'm saying we continue to help push that you know so like when they're done training with us after their either month or three months or five months i've got people that have been with me three years you know they just enjoy the training they enjoy having the, the accountability you know a lot of people will pay you they're like man i can do this but i need the accountability so they just need somebody specifically just to come to in the gym that's going to you know conversate help them move on show them new things and they literally they enjoy it so much that it works yeah i mean this is so much more than you know we have to provide our clients so much more than just a workout right it is full-fledged nutrition accountability and support like they need all of this in order to be successful and see their goals and that's where a lot of people are missing out because they're not providing those things along the way and our clients get frustrated they don't see success and then they leave it sounds like you guys have a pretty decent retention rate from the sounds of it like people are coming and they're sticking around Yes, most definitely, because we don't want people just to sign up and quit in three months, or we don't want to force them to stay here, you know, and, and stick them in this long year contract, and they're only staying to the end of the year just to get out of the contract. We've got people that consistently come in, hey, you know, I, I love the training sessions, you know, four months ago, can I get another, you know, five fresh up sessions, I fell off a little bit, or life got in the way. So, you know, they continue coming, you know, and that's what we, that's what we want. We want people to come consistently, and that's where the, we want you to come on your own, you know, meaning you want to continue to stay with monster mouse because we've treated you so well you know and, and we and they know they're going to move forward here you know and that's the biggest thing a lot of people hate going to the gym and see no results so when i see some some gyms out there they'll continue pushing their clients but then tell them they can go and eat bad food you know just so they can keep the client keep coming because the client isn't getting to their goal fast enough we want you to reach your goal and then go man how far can i go from here you know, and then we're like, hey, nutrition is the biggest thing. You got to eat well. So we, anytime anybody walks in when they're like, hey, I need training. How's your diet? Yeah. You know, that's my first question. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's not, you know, can we do this training? Sure, we can do this training. That's not a problem. Are you willing to commit to eating well? to getting better because my name is leaving out the door with them when they walk around. You know, they are basically my walking advertisement. If they don't look like they've changed in a whole year, what am I really doing? Just taking money from them. And in my opinion, that's incorrect. That's not the right way to do things. Um, in my opinion, you know, if, if they stay committed and they're committed and they're held accountable and they're eating the correct food and they're doing the right workouts and they're losing, you know, two to three pounds a week, healthy weight drop, you know, by the end of those three months, they're extremely happy with where they're at. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate that. I appreciate that outlook and that dedication to your clients. Um, right now, how many clients do you guys currently have? So we're anywhere between 50 and 70 clients right now, um, between me and my, me and another trainer. Um, and then okay. like we have some that just drop in one or two days a week. We've got others that do four times a week. We've got others that do only three or, or two times a week. It just yeah. depends on which personal package they pick. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. How many members total in the, in the facility? 
So we're, we're at the moment, we're at 446 members. We're, we're, our goal was 500 members in five years, you know, 500 active paying members that have stayed, that are committed and that are not going anywhere. So that was the goal for me when we first opened was to have 500 members by that fifth year and be completely out of debt or any debt that I may have accumulated throughout the years of, of opening up in which we're right on, we're spot on. We're only just missing those couple members. Awesome. Props to you for that. So, you know, the goal was 500. Hypothetically, could you handle more? When you get to 500, are you going to continue acquiring new members? Oh, most definitely. So, so the goal was 500 and then we want to push to a thousand members. That'll be our next goal. But the next okay. goal will happen in a shorter period of time. We're only giving ourselves two years for the other 500 members. So in those two years, we plan on moving Monster Mouse to a much larger building. We're in about a 4,000 square foot building now. So, you know, I tell people, don't be afraid to start in a smaller building. My, my other friend that owns a, a local gym, he started in a smaller building and he is now in a 10,000 square foot building. So it's, it just takes time. And he's been open almost eight years. So I'm, I'm about, you know, that's where we want to be with it. We want to move to that 12,000 square foot building so we can offer a larger facility so we can bring in more people. We would, my idea goal is 2,000 people for each gym that I personally own. So that is my goal for the next one here in the next two years is have 2,000 active members coming and we'll have more classes. We'll have more room to do things. Unfortunately, with the amount of equipment I got, we have, we're wall-to-wall -wall equipment, you know, still usable, still very, you know, easily walked around, all the good stuff. But we want to be able to offer CrossFit. We want to be able to offer a boot camp class. You know, with, with the, the amount of space that we have, we're kind of shortened down to what we can do, um, which kind of sucks, but not really because you know people see where we're headed and every year we grow you know every year we either get a new piece of equipment we keep everything yeah. correctly yeah so so you know I kind of want to circle back a little bit um you know I think it's great that you have these big goals for the future but my question to you would be you know what what are you guys actively doing right now to aid that growth process in terms of finding new members where do you find your members how does that you know client acquisition process work for you guys so for, for us, how we're getting more members, it's where we sit off of U.S. Highway 19. Unfortunately, we're a little off of 19. Like you can see the building from 19. But six months after we opened, which is one of the hardships, a business moved in right next to us. Unfortunately, it's a very large U-Haul center. So when they put um, storage units right in the view of where you would see us here at Monster Mouse. So I ended up having to purchase a billboard. The billboard sits right above the building and it literally says, turn here, you know, Monster Mouse Fitness, personal training, you know, so advertisement, I would say is the biggest. You get a lot from Facebook, a lot from Instagram, Twitter, we're just getting used to. TikTok is huge, making videos, showing that people are having fun and enjoying themselves. It's not just a serious, you know, put a mean mug on and come in. Everybody's smiling and actually having a good time because we're pushing, you know, the idea that you're going to come here and have a great time. It's not just, a, you know, oh, we got to work out. It's not a chore because if you make lifting or, or, or being healthy a chore, then it's going to become a chore and then you're not going to want to do it. Yeah. And I think a lot of times people aren't necessarily looking for a gym. They kind of stumble across it. I mean, that's what 90% of the time that's what happens. So with your social media, you said you do Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, um, a little bit of Twitter. Are you guys posting organically or are you putting a dollar behind your post to reach people? Believe it or not, I post organically because we have already so many followers and I actually beat 
their dollar, what they say I should be hitting. So like, they'll say, Hey, you know, put $10 a day on this and you know, it'll push your business to this amount of people. But then when I look at the numbers, I'm like, well, we already hit 30,000 people today. You know, like we've already, we have a good view, um, which is, which is nice is here in, here in Pasco is that a lot of people view it, but even with all the view, if I get two people out of 10,000 people daily, we're extremely happy. Okay. So yeah, I mean, if you get, like you said, 30,000 people viewing your posts, which it's hard because Instagram, Facebook, out of those 30,000 people, there's no way of you knowing where they're located. They could be overseas. There is. So if you actually go into your business management and your Facebook, it'll show you where the people are and where your larger group is coming from. Most of the time it's Orlando, Tampa, people from out of your area. So to, you know, what we do is we set up tents and we go to small area, like small um, events going on in the county. And we, you know, we, we push the idea. We have pamphlets for Monster Mouse. So we'll stop in, we'll bring our t-shirts, we'll bring, you know, the, the Monster Mouse pop-up tent and we'll literally walk around and talk talk with people at these large events. Hey, have you ever thought about getting into a gym, a different type of gym? Because most people get the idea that every gym is exactly the same. It's either young people or a lot of old people. <laughs> There's nothing in between anymore, which there is, you know, they just got to know that the gyms are here. So just getting out there is the biggest thing. Um, sponsoring, you know, small teams, meaning, you know, we are the, you know, you don't see too many Walmarts and stuff like that sponsoring the local teams. So by lo sponsoring those local teams, high schools, middle schools, schools those are your future people coming and then you can either go to um we was working with uh, silver sneakers for a little bit um but it did not work out on as the program is is designed not very well for gym owners um so if if your area is a lot of geriat geriatrics older people you know you definitely want to work with the program because that's going to be your main bet you know on, on what it is luckily in the area that we live in we have grown pasco county has grown to a much younger you know uh of a, a community now so we're getting a lot of more of those younger people coming in which is beautiful and we're seeing them at these you know these smaller events you know um and they're considered large events here but we're seeing them at these smaller events where we pop you know we got the pop hey i didn't know you guys were here it's just getting people to know word of mouth is the biggest thing in the, in the county to getting more younger people and just people period to come into the gym i i would agree with you that word of mouth is big and it's great because it's free but you know when we're going out and doing all these events and you know whatever that's taking a lot of time away from oh, yeah. you and yes. Anthony you know we haven't shared this on the podcast yet but you're a busy guy this isn't your this isn't your only job so if you're taking time to go out into the community and you're going to these events it's great because you're showing face and definitely keep doing that when you can but there is other ways to reach people in your community without having to to, to, to do that. And when we do events, we can't guarantee that that's going to bring in clientele. We can hope like, yeah, you know, we're going to see the right people and somebody's going to actually make their way in the gym from this, but it's not a guarantee as much as we would like it to be. It's not always guaranteed. Right. Um, and so when we look at guaranteed clients, in the industry today, the number one way to bring in a steady flow of leads is through advertising digitally. And yes. so you, you said that you have a pretty good following on social media, which is excellent. 
And you've looked at the boosting feature on Facebook, Instagram, and places like that so that you can maybe reach a larger clientele. Have you guys ever done an ad campaign where it's like something specific where you, um, you know, are doing a specific uh, maybe three free class or I mean, uh, not three free class, like a personal training session for free, come in, get the personal training session, you advertise that it is a campaign and that pulls in people. Have you guys ever done that? So we have, we ran six separate ones, um, which Facebook does, does allow you to do. Um, mm -hmm. You can also do it through Instagram. So in those six, um, they consistently have a great day, Daisy. Um, in those six that, that, that we post, they consistently post once a week, you know, like throughout the week. And, you know, like you said, we offer nutrition. So we always give discounts on nutrition. Um, new signups will always get, you know, discount on new signups if they buy a specific nutrition package. Because most people starting out, they want to know, what do I need to start? You know, like, what do I need a pre-workout? Do I need a non-stem pre-workout? Um, do I need protein, you know, stuff like that. So we would push that idea. Same thing with the training. Um, in the in the second week of, of the, the commercials or commercials, um, ads posting out would, would give a discount for training, nutrition, and, and coming in. So so let me ask you, Anthony, with those with that ad campaign, how many clients when you're running the ad campaign, how many clients per week would you say that you're gaining from that? It's, it's kind of a float with it. I, I would say anywhere between three to five. It's and not, it's, not, it's not consistent. Are there weeks yeah. where you don't get any? It, it, yeah, there's weeks that we don't get, you know what I'm saying, where you'll actually spend a little bit and you have to spend to know. Advertisement is never guaranteed ever, but you need to do it. You know, it's, it's very large. If people don't know you're here, how are they going to ever use your business? So, yeah. or how are you ever going to know that the gym is here? So I couldn't agree with you more on that. You know what I'm saying? You have to push the business and Facebook is a good way to do it, you know, or at least using those posted, the, the, those boosted posts definitely gets out to a larger group of people in the area. And when you're doing it, you want to make sure that you go through the settings and, and look for your demographic, meaning who are you looking for? Like, so like this summer we go for kids. So we'll do one for football programming and we got tires out back sleds, you know, so what we'll do is we'll, we'll bring like high school kids and middle school kids in and we'll literally two days a week work with them and kids are, you know, there's, there's a large missing part with kids today because a lot of gyms don't even allow kids in the gym anymore. You know, it's either B. So you can tap into, you can tap into that, that community as well, you know, through yes. advertising and that's really good. And, and with your relationships with the schools and the teams, you know, that's even better for you. Yep. So, um, kind of want to move on from, from this topic, cause we don't have a whole lot of time left. Um, but you know, for, for you, Anthony, what's that one thing, what's that challenge, that bottleneck within the business, um, that you guys are facing? Cause I think with us talking about it, it's relatable for, you know, the listener, cause there's somebody out there that's dealing with the same thing that you are. So talk to me about that. So for our hardship, it literally is keeping members you know, some members come and they decide, hey, you know, this isn't for us or, hey, you know, 
I think my $3 coffee is, is worth more than my health. So sometimes it's like, uh, you know, you spend $3, you know, $3.49 daily, you know, at, at Dunkin' Donuts six days. And, you know, that was your whole monthly membership here. You could have stayed healthy. You know, sometimes I don't get that, you know, where, where people turn around and just leave because either they just didn't feel like it was working for them or they just, they get down on themselves. So it's, it's keeping members, you know, to keep coming and continuously coming because people are so easily um, um, converted to, to just move, you know, in a different direction. Like, Hey, this isn't the hobby I'm looking for. This didn't work for me, you know? And it's like, man, you know, how do I keep them guys? You know, how do we keep them staying? You know, and did we do something wrong? So anytime like somebody goes to cancel, I ask them, is there something that I can do better? You know, that, that, that would keep you here, even though you're leaving today, is there something I can do better in the future that would help you stay here with us here at Monster Mouse Fitness? So, and that's like one of the biggest pet peeves I have. Um, and then, uh, corporate gyms opening up around you. Even if you are a single guy, you're a single, you know, company and you're just starting out, don't be afraid. That is not your competition, you know, and, and it's unfortunate, but when they come, everybody wants to check out the new puppy. It's like, you know, you get a new puppy, all the kids are like, Hey, I want to pet the puppy. So unfortunately they go over to the new gym and they leave you and you're like, man, and then they yeah. come back but you're you know? completely different like your your facility is completely different and so that's like you just have to show your value to your members of course you're always going to have churn but um you know you're you're different and you have to make sure that you can show that to your members yes. so you but you know i'm going to ask you kind of a difficult question here earlier on you said that your 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 retention rate was good but now you're saying that, you know, the hardship is keeping your members. So what is it? Like, what would you say? Is the retention rate good? Or is that something that, you know, it is a struggle right now? Because it is okay. There's like, in the industry, retention is probably one of the biggest problems, right? It's up, yeah, it's definitely an up and down. So like, we, we retain, we, the members that we have retained, it's why it's taken us five years to retain them. Um, because a lot of them are in between. So since we've been open, we have signed up 2,600 members. Oh, wow. And, and you have 430. We only, only have 400 and, and, and 400, I think it's 446 members. So when people are like, well, that's a lot of, that's a turnover rate. That's crazy. So during COVID, we lost almost 200 people right off rip because it was just COVID and people didn't know if gyms were going to reopen in Florida. They didn't know what was happening. So we lost a huge chunk. And then we ended up losing our silver sneakers program. So unfortunately, there was another 143 members. So we lost almost 400 members during COVID. So it was like, oh, we got to return, you know, we got to get this back. We got to get this back. Well, now as Florida gets to be the most expensive state to live in, you know, we got to keep up with that. So, you know, even at the 465 members we have, we still got to do the training. We still got to do a lot of the other things to keep right. moving forward, to be relevant. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think, I think that you're doing the right things to keep your members now. Right. But what more can you do to provide them more value so that that new gym down the road doesn't seem like appeasing to them. Right. So yes. for you, what additional, have you thought of adding additional services, additional value for your members so that like you are truly the only place that they could ever want to work out? I do. Yes. So what we did was we went ahead and we actually started meal preps. So we do the food for most of all of our clients and people coming in. So like, let's say you're, you know, usually when you get done working out, what's the first thing you do? 
What's the first thing? Yes, right. That's right. You want to eat. Well, unfortunately, in the same plaza as us is Arby's. So people leave and walk across the street and go to Arby's. I'm like, hey, guys, why not not do that and come and buy a meal here at Monster Mouse? I will build you a healthy meal that you can eat. We got low carbs. We got high protein. Depends on where you are in your, in your fitness journey. And we go ahead and sell those meals for $10 a meal. They're cold meals. So it's, you know, as long as you have a food handles license, you can do it. It's legal. Um, and you can turn around and sell fully healthy meals. That is another $10. That's keeping people staying here because people are like, well, I don't have to go nowhere. I can get my nutrition. I can get my supplements. I can get my food. You know, I can get training. So we, we offer the wide variety of the idea of what real, you know what I'm saying, what the fitness lifestyle is because it is a lifestyle. Yeah. So Anthony, are you making these meals? I am. We do them on Sunday. <laughs> How do you have time for this? Jeez, you're working two jobs. You're running the gym. You have a meal prep business. Oh my gosh. So That's this insane. is what it takes. <laughs> the, yeah, in my but it doesn't have to be that hard. No, it, I promise it you. Area that we're in is extremely hard. We have literally almost 27 gyms in my area that opened up right after COVID. We were, there was like four gyms in my area. And then right. it was like, it blew up <laughs> 27, 27 gyms right but you know that yours is the best so yes. thinking of them as competition worrying about the members that you could potentially have that are going to their gym that's a limiting belief because you are the best right and you yes. know that you're the best so how do you reach those clients and i'm excited for you you know as you continue to grow to see to see that um Final question, very briefly here. What's the big goal with this business? If I could give you a magic wand and all your dreams came true, what would that look like for you? I want to have I want to have commercial gyms just like mine all over Florida and all over the United States eventually. You know, my idea of, of it is, you know, to place these because we these are a dying breed. This is a dying type of gym. You know, I don't want to be that commercial gym. I want you to come in and still lift and grunt and yell and, you know, and, and make gains and, and move forward in your fitness. So I would like to have 20 of these things in Florida you know, and, and just be commercials. Cause I want other, I want other people in other areas to live the dream that they want, you know, of being a gym owner, but not just being a gym owner, but helping people in this type of style. Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. Um, I am excited to see that happen for you. Anthony. This is, this is huge. You have a great business mindset and you definitely want to go places. So props to you for that. Thank you for being here. Do you guys have a social media page that we can go to find you? We do. We have monstermousefitness.com. We have Monster Mouse Nutrition on Facebook. We have Monster Mouse Fitness on Facebook. We have Monster Mouse, Monster Mouse uh, Fitness on Instagram. It's actually called Monster Mouse Fit on Instagram. Okay, cool. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for tuning in if you tuned in. Um, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us on an episode here at the Gym Lords Podcast, fill out the link in the description. And we will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. 
The Gym Lords Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. I'm here with my guest today, owner of Endgame Boxing and Fitness in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Jeff McBride. What's happening, sir? Hey, how we doing? Doing great, man. Excited to hear about you, your concept, what you're doing down there in Philly. So lay it out. What's Endgame all about? Well, thanks so much for having me. Um, yeah, absolutely. With Endgame uh, Boxing and Fitness, it is a boutique brand uh, that really puts together uh, fitness for the community. So uh, we have small group classes where we offer boxing classes, uh, even for people who have never boxed before uh, and given that experience, as well as people who are looking just to better their fitness, whether they want to get stronger, lose weight, whatever it may be. Uh, so we offer six varieties of classes, six different types. Uh, three that are boxing, three that are non-boxing. Uh, but the ultimate goal, really, of all these uh, different classes is that they make you the best possible boxer you can be. Uh, whether you are trying to improve your strength and being able to hit the bag a little bit stronger, be a little bit faster, all the classes wrapped together is pretty much the workout a boxer would have in order to kind of, you know, be at the height of, uh, of their career. So uh, we put that together. We offer it to uh, everyone, really. Uh, it's, it's really one of the few places you can go to learn to actually box and learn to really sit down and have someone teach you how to do particular exercises and get to those goals. Uh, so we opened up as a, as a small group gym, uh, small group classes, private training, and uh, it's, it's what we've been doing uh, for, well, since the beginning of this year. So. Awesome. Yeah, we want to get into uh, everything that you have, how that breaks down operationally, but give us a little bit of background, right? You didn't wake up you know, in January and decided, uh, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to run this boxing gym. Like you've got some, some pretty pertinent experience in management and in coaching. So tell us how that all came together and, uh, gave birth to Endgame. Yeah. Uh, it's been a, it's been a wild ride. It's been a great journey. Um, and I've been very fortunate. Uh, I've been in fitness for the last 21 years. Um, I started out as a manager um, and started out really in management uh, for various gyms, uh, director of uh, intramurals and fitness program, director of a sports camp, um, you know, again, starting from there. Um, I've gone from, you know, boutique fitness to, you know, luxury fitness, to back to nonprofit. Uh, so I kind of, I kind of over time have uh, kind of immersed myself in different areas, different kind of clientele, and a uh, variety of brands. Um, I started out again, like I said, as like an intramural director for my college. Uh, that's kind of where, that's kind of where I felt my love first. Um, I went to school for communications, radio, TV, uh, got my first job for Fox Philadelphia and, uh, you know, did that for like a year, came back to my school and said, yeah, this is not for me. 
and they were like, Hey, listen, you know what? You know, I was an athlete there. I was a track and field athlete there. So I had every job. They knew me as one of their athletes and they were like, Hey, listen, we have this intramural director job. And it was the first time I got a chance to really kind of work with people and trying to put together a goal for whatever their goal may be, even with being students, you know, sometimes if we had all these athletes that never made it to a sport and next thing you know, they were doing intramurals and that was their sport. That was the thing they were able to do. Uh, so we, we just looked at it and said, okay, let's put together these programs. So we did that, did that successfully, moved on to, to the next place, worked at like a YMCA, moved on to an Equinox, got to all these different places where, you know, again, I was putting together in the background. I loved it, you know, working through all the numbers, the budgets, you know, hiring, doing the sales, bringing it all together. Um, and it wasn't really until I got to, uh, I got to like UFC um, and I was working in one in New Jersey and uh, I was the general manager there and I had the opportunity to start teaching classes. And I said, all right, cool. And what a lot of people don't know is that I actually uh, was probably about 80 pounds heavier, you know, at that, at that time. Um, and so it was one of those things where I was like, wow, I got to figure out how to lose weight. Um, I don't want to run <laughs> because my knees are killing me. <laughs> You know, I was like, I figured out something and I found boxing. Um, so I picked up boxing kind of late, um, was hitting the bag, met a coach. He was like, Hey, listen, let me show you some things. Lost 72 pounds, decided to get in the ring, was like, all right, let's do it. Loved it. Uh, but then realized also that, you know what? I picked it up pretty late. I was probably like 29, 30, you know, and getting into the ring with people who were like 19, 20 years old. I've been doing this since they were five and the bruises were not going away too, you know, too quickly. Uh, you know, it was hard to get back to it. And I found that like, Hey, listen, you know what? I sat back and I was working with people who had never boxed before. And I loved it. You know, people who just didn't know how they loved the sport they loved watching it, but didn't understand the motor skills behind it, the thought process behind it. And a lot of places didn't really teach them how to do that. You know? And I was like, okay, well, this is where I want to go. That really is the beginning of the thought process of where Endgame came in. Uh, because we had all these people that wanted to learn, but if you want to go to a boxing gym, that's like a boxing gym. Unless you're going to fight, you don't get exactly that attention that you want. Plus, you know, everyone's bleeding all over the place and getting punched in the face. It's probably a little intimidating, you know? Um, if you go to, you know, some other places that are kind of boxing inspired or whatever it is, you'll be able to hit stuff, but they won't really teach you and they don't have the knowledge to be able to teach you what you could do to correct that. So that's kind of where that began. Um, I started out right before the pandemic. Well, about two years before the pandemic, I was working for um, a place called Everybody Fights. And that was George Foreman III's gym. Um, he had opened up, he opened up in Boston, then he moved to New York. And, um, I had met him through doing a certification at some point well, with him, with uh, Everybody Fights. And I started working with him, became the manager of New York, um, was running the New York location, and then started running the Philly location right before the pandemic. So I was doing a week in New York, a week in Philly, going back and forth teaching classes, managing programs, doing the whole thing. Pandemic came, of course, the world shut down. And after the pandemic, uh, Everybody Fights had sold management, management uh, uh, sold their, their gym. Uh, George had gone off and moved to do his own other brand. And at that point in time, I decided that, you know what, I was gonna sit back and start thinking about doing my own thing. So that kind of, in that journey, got me all the way, you know, to the point of, okay, let me take a look at what we could do here. And I started doing the process of, you know, speaking with a couple of people, working with a couple of teams. And I thought to myself, okay, let's go back to the original vision, right? And what's the three really major things for me that I love and that I think that is unique to fitness? One, especially when it comes to boxing, having a place where someone doesn't feel intimidated, they can come and learn 
and not have to worry about, you know, being punched or going into a fight, whatever it is, but can still learn the art and learn the skill, one. Two, building a, a smaller community. I worked with classes, sizes that were like, they could be as intimate as 10, but I've worked with like classes that were 100 people. And when you were teaching a class as 100 people, wow. yeah, you know, you, you know, they're having a good time. Meanwhile, you're in your head going, that person's gonna die on that squat. That person has no idea what they're doing over here. Like, you know, you, you can't really teach them anything. So as much as a good time, the energy is crazy and all this other stuff, you can't really sit in and help someone progress in different things because you're running around kind of just helping people around and not really helping them out to get better and, and really learn the skill. Um, so I wanted a smaller community was the, was the next thing um, that, that was important to me. And then when I thought about it, since it was going to be my brand, that's what I wanted. I wanted to have a community that someone doesn't feel like they're intimidated, that can come in box, that can come and lift, that can come and get to their goal have all the attention that they would have if you were doing one-on-one -on -one and whatnot and still have like quite the experience. And so when I thought about it, and now I'm 42 at this point in my life, if I could think about the workouts I did when I was 18, you know, they're not the same workouts I used to do when I was 18, right? <laughs> so in my mind, I was like, well, what's really when I work out now, I'm working out towards my end game goal, right? I'm working out for just, you know, being able to function, be mobile, stay strong, Make sure that, you know what, walking up the stairs, I'm not sitting there going, oh, man. You know, and when I'm boxing, I'm still throwing my punches the way I want and being sharp. And I think that's what everyone ultimately tries to get to. Your fitness journey may change, whether you're a bodybuilder, whether you want to lift heavy, whether you want to get your conditioning. But really, your end game goal doesn't, right? And that's to stay in shape, to feel comfortable in the body that you're in, and to have the most healthy longevity, really, in your life that you want to have. So... Uh, that's what we came up with Endgame. That's where, where Endgame Boxing and Fitness came from. Um, and we opened up the brand and made it happen here. Awesome, man. So when it came down to, all right, you have all the vision, you have all the background. These are the things I want. When it came down to brass tacks, the logistics of it, you had to find a building to do it in. You had to have an idea. This is the footprint that I want. You know, some it's easy, especially if you've been in business a while for for a gym owner to be like, I want 5,000 square feet, 10,000 square feet, but you're doing this, you know, your, your first location here is 1,100 square feet, not a huge location, but the operational capacity, the business is good. So how many things factored into the location you chose? Like the actual, you know, because it's in center city, because it's a, you know, this space that, you know, what factored into you choosing the space you took? Um, so there are a lot of spots. There's a lot of areas in doing this. So the first thing is being part of Philly and looking through it. I went on maybe, I might've looked at 20 sites, um, you know, walking around and different variety sizes to tell you the truth. The smallest gym I managed, uh, prior before this was 6,700 square feet. Um, everything else before that was 12,000, 32,000. Um, I had a 5,000 square foot facility, you know, that was a certain way. I had a 35,000 square foot. It, I've had some big facilities. Um, so in my mind, there was, I actually had to kind of look past what I knew and looked at what was needed, right? So that was, the, that was the first, I would say that was the first hurdle for me. That was probably an area of growth for me because I was walking to all these locations going, all right, cool, this looks great. I can have, you know, the locker rooms here and this could be over there and this could be a cafe and this can be, and I was thinking all in the mindset of all these different things, right? So then I started sitting down and doing the math. So first I, I had to look at it and I looked at my model and 
on my, I still have this notebook at home. On my first model, my first model was 25,000 square feet. Only way this happens at a minimum is 25,000 square feet, right? That's what I was feeling. Then I said, you know what? Now I was looking at the state of fitness based off the last couple of years and how the landscape has changed, right? And I was watching all these other big brands run and have to close their doors because they need 800, 1,000, you know, different members to be in a, you know, to be in a place to be able to just cover their regular expenses, their overhead, you know, rent, everything, right? So I looked at it and said, okay, if the pandemic happened again, if we had to close again, right, do I want to be in a place where I'm spending, you know, $40, $50 per square foot, you know, per month in order to keep open, right? Or do I want to have something that I know is manageable, even if we shut down over time that we've been kind of handled that? Right. That was another thing I had to, something I never thought I would ever have to factor in, but I had to factor in it. Right. So I put that in another basket. Then I was like, okay, if that's the case, let's take a look at in Center City, what do they have? So I had to kind of take a look at what was around. Um, in Center City, there's a Rumble, there's a Unite, there's a Berries, there's an F45, there's a Orange Theory, all within three to five blocks of each other. Right. So they have all that. But when I looked at it, and before the pandemic, there was Title and there was Everybody Fights. And both brands had left after the pandemic. So then when I looked at it, there was only one, uh, there's also a CKO. There was one pure boxing, not pure boxing, but there was a one boxing place, which was Rumble. And based off what I wanted to do, I knew where we were very different in brands. So I said, okay, uh, people do want to hit, but if I want to come to a boxing class, I want to box the entire time, right? I want to feel what it feels like to be in a 12 round fight. Um, I want to feel like, you know, hey, if someone's looking at my form, it's a certain way, right? So then the aspect was, okay, in Center City, is there a niche for that? And there was, because there was nothing else that was like that. Then I looked at it and said, and what else is important? Well, all the other things are important because fitness, having a one-stop shop is everything, especially when you're in a boutique. So I said, okay, what could you do? So when I looked at it, that's how I started coming up with all the different classes and these are all the things you needed. I said, okay, we got all that stuff. So what does it look like? So I started looking at these different sites. I'll tell you, I went to one site where I thought we, that was going to be the site. And it was two floors and had two separate studios. And it was about 7,000 square feet. So I thought I was really like, you know, coming down off my mind off 25,000, right? And I had built all these different models. I built a model that was about up to 3,000 square feet, then another model for 10,000, another model for 25. I started breaking it down as this process is going. And I went in and the owner looked at me and said, well, what are you going to do here? And I explained the whole vision and everything like that. And he goes, well, is, uh, because we you know working with George Foreman, of course. So working with George Foreman III, is he going to be part of this? I was like, no, we're good friends, but he's doing his own thing. I'm doing my own thing. It's like, oh, well, I don't know who you are. And I was like, well, if you take a look at my social media, I say, everybody calls me the general. It's my nickname. So everybody calls me the general, General Jeff, either way. I say, I have a, I have a really good following out here. I, this is what we're looking at doing. He said, yeah. I don't think, I don't think you're going to be a good brand for us. Right. He's like, I don't think it's going to work. I said, okay, fair. And I, I said, fair. Okay. You know, what were your thought price? I give him all the numbers. I give him the idea of how we had, we came in with a lot of leads already. And uh, he still was completely like, this is not going to work. Right. So I said, okay, now a block away from where I used to manage everybody fights um, right around the corner was this small store uh, that was a women's boutique. And I kept walking by it and it had a beautiful storefront. And it's on, a, on Chestnut Street is one of our busiest streets in Center City. Um, so as far as a huge shopping restaurant district you know, area. So 
it's just traffic walking up and down. And I said, let me go walk in here and take a look. And I walked in and I said, I hate this place. I hate it. It's got dressing rooms. It's got walls. I can't fit more than five people in this thing. Uh, but the price point was where I wanted it to be. And then I started thinking about, well, if we tear down this wall, if we move this around, you know, could we, could we do it? And that's where I kind of really thought about the process of, you know what, it's going to give it that intimate feel. It's going to, you know, I'm going to be able to do everything I need to do, right? And it's in a prime location. And since it's my first location, I want to, you know, there's some things that I'm going to do really, really well. And there's some things that I'm just going to figure out, right? Then I'm going to be like, oh, maybe we're not going to do this or whatever. And I'm like, this would be a great test location to try those things out and then work away the model. Uh, so after finishing the research, understanding what the household income was in the area, uh, understand what the clientele was in the area, understanding the people, the other businesses that were in the area and looking at it, I decided to pull the trigger on it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm more than happy that I did. You know, I spent a month in here ripping the place apart, <laughs> tearing down walls, which is actually more fun than most people think. Uh, tearing down walls, doing all that stuff. And, uh, you know, we, we ultimately came to this being the, the best location and I have no regrets about it. We were very fortunate. I'm, I'm glad that we went this route. Awesome, man. So yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of changes, a lot of audibles along the way, but you know, you settled on you know a, a prime downtown location, high visibility. Uh, you already had some social media following. You had leads coming in, so naturally, that's going to bring me to you've had you've had pretty good growth in the five months you've been open. Um, you had a nice little grand opening. You've got uh, a lot of inflow of people coming in. Um, have you had to do any actual marketing? Have you just relied on the location and your personal rep and brand? What have you done to grow the business since you've been open? Uh, so for the most part, the first thing that we did before we even opened location and the first thing that I looked at doing was uh, I found a, a social one, a website uh, designer and a social manager, uh, social media manager. And the reason why I thought those were two important things was I wanted to create buzz before we even opened doors. Um, and, you know, I found, took a, a friend of mine has a gym up in North Jersey. He was very nice of, nice of him to let me go in, bring some people, wear some Endgame gear and shoot some promo videos. And, and so what was happening, the first thing was there was all this crazy buzz because no gyms were really opening um, right after the pandemic. Gyms were just what they were at that point, right? Um, and again, as I told you, our niche was going to be in the boxing field. Uh, and so there wasn't anywhere that was promoting, hey, listen, you can learn to box and then box all the way. That's what you're doing. And we have all these other things, too. Um, so we started out. I started out there because um, I wanted to create that buzz. Anytime there's something new in an area, you want people to talk about it, even when they don't know about it. <laughs> right? You just you want to start there. So um, that was the first thing we did, and which hence brought us to like a really good grand opening. Uh, we started out with two or three tester classes a week prior to the grand opening. Um, just letting people know whether they came to the Instagram or whatever it is that we had this um, and that they were coming in trying out classes and then we had this grand opening, which was a great way to start. After we did that, uh, we sent out, we had something like uh, 3,000 leads um, that we was, that was accumulated from A, uh, people known from the Everybody Fights area. So there were different people that used to be at Everybody Fights in Philly. We had that following. We were following us on Instagram. We were going putting uh, different surveys out for people who had showed interest on the Instagram. Uh, we started doing that. Then we started passing out flyers over at the malls, on the street. You know, stuff they could touch and feel and kind of go from there. Um, so that, that became like a whole thing. 
Um, so we started that part of the marketing. Uh, and then we started promoting everything as far as, you know, every class, we started making videos and reels and putting that out there. Uh, so that became very dominant. Uh, with this particular area, the community, the residential community is very, very thick in this area. Uh, so we, from just opening the location, the moment we started putting paint on the walls, um, our, our brand colors are uh, white, purple, black. And, um, you know, the purple walls in here stand out. So people are walking down the street looking, and the moment that happened, here you go. You know, I would start training my own personal training clients outside the storefront. Uh, so I would sit there doing mitt work out in front. People walk by. It's like, yeah, we're coming soon. You know, this is what happens. So a lot of it was kind of like on the ground. Um, I'm not a big, um, you know, mailer person. I know a lot of people are. I'm not. Um, my mail's probably been sitting in my box for the last week. It, it just, it just is what it is. So I know if I'm that way, there's a lot of people that way. But I think also for what I do, um, and again, like I said, boxing can be intimidating. Uh, I think that being able to get in front of people, you know, people like, Hey, listen, you know, you can learn to do this. Let me show you one thing or whatever it is, uh, is the best way to, the best way, to, especially this type of business, because it does have that community feel It's the best way to go. Yeah. So a lot of it, just organic buzz, riding the wave, the, the leads that you had leveraging that downtown location, the storefront, bright colors, all that. So, so you've, you've managed to bring a lot of people in. But on the other side, this is something we got into off the air a little bit. Your strong, one of your strongest suits has always been retention. So you're not bringing people in on this new buzz and then losing them in two, three weeks or a month or something like that. So what are the things that you've put in place that you think lead to your attention being above average? Yeah, I think that um, I think that one thing that I've done in my career for the most part is provide a community feel. Um, I think that's the first thing. I always say that, you know, it always is always up to the captain of the ship. If you're on a ship and you're in the water and you're heading towards an iceberg and the captain of the ship is on the microphone going, oh my gosh, we're hitting an iceberg, right? He goes crazy. Everyone's going to go crazy, right? But if the captain of the ship is sitting there and tells everyone what they need to do, it's very calm. We're going to do this instead of whatever. You may hit that iceberg, but everyone's going to be where they need to be and that will help you be able to kind of sustain the ship the way you need to. Well, in the gym, it's kind of the same way. There's no iceberg, but it's kind of the same way, right? So it starts with me, right? So you always have to set the tone in the gym. Everyone in here knows each other's name. Every class, I'm introducing this person. If it's someone new, I'm like, hey, welcome. You know, Jason, this is his first class. Everyone starts clapping, you know, ready to go. You know, welcome, you know, Joanne. She just became a member. Everyone's clapping, ready to go. Um, and then when you're in class, I'm always using all their names, everything from there. So it really becomes a very organic process of everyone just naturally coming in and just feeling like they're part of a club or a team, right? Because they know each other and they're doing that. That's the first That's the first thing of building the community itself. The second is I check in on with every single one of them. Um, whether if I see them, you know, I know what their habits are. I see everything on their rosters. If I don't see somebody for one week, especially, I've already sent them a text message or an email. Hey, what's going on? Just checking in on you. You know, if some, and I've had people, oh my God, thank you so much for doing that. Yeah, no, I'm good. I, you know what? I was just sick before. I'm feeling a little bit better. What day are you coming in? Right. And so it just kind of gives them that, that kind of thought process of, wow, even the owner manager is checking on me. Like this is, you know, kind of big deal. And, you know, doing, having that part of the process, I stay with newsletters with them also. So I send them every single month, they get a whole wrap new, uh, new month of the newsletter that tells them happenings, um, some tips, things of that nature. Uh, and I, I think that, you know, again, once people feel like they belong somewhere, 
Um, after every class, I always have feedback, whether it's a certain class or whatever it is. Hey, John, great job. I see your push-ups are getting better. You know, hey, Joanne, awesome job. I need you to sit a little bit lower when you throw your punches. Remember, we were working on that. Hey, I noticed you're keeping your guard up. You know, whatever it may be. The moment that people realize that you really are focusing on them, you know their name, you know what they're doing well, you know where they need to improve, you're checking in on them, you know, if they're not showing up. Not a lot of gyms do that because owners, I've seen it already, I've gone through it. There's owners that are afraid that they're going to call someone that hasn't been there for a week and the person's going to go, yeah, I think I'm just going to cancel. Well, that decision happened when they were in your facility. It didn't happen during the week they weren't in your facility. It happened when they were in your facility. So if you sit there, I had, so far I had one girl who was here for two months who all of a sudden one day was like, hey, listen, I think I'm going to cancel. So I gave her a call and said, hey, what's, you know, what's going on? You know, this, that, and the other. By the time we got to it, it was more of a financial thing. And because she thought it was the only option was the way we had one membership, but we had all these other options she didn't even realize. By the time we got the phone, she was like, oh, I'll just switch to that. So she switched to this other option. And then later on, just came back, got a job, did all the stuff, and it was fine. So it's one of those things where you, you know, yeah, you can always say you have the person that comes in. Well, they're still paying the money, but they're not here. That's not what I'm here for. And the size of this particular gym, the way that we have it, I don't have to have 800 people, you know, in the gym in order to, you know, make the nut and sit there and it doesn't matter if they're not here. That, that attrition level is always low because I care about what everybody is doing. You know, I foster that community. I give them tips on how to be better. I extend myself in, in a manner of having a conversation with what their goals are and how they're going to get there. I always praise them when they do something really well. I challenge them when they're doing everything good and I challenge them to be better, right? And I think that's, that's a lot of things that's missing because the formula somehow, and I want to say maybe this was, I noticed it maybe about hmm, 13 years ago, I'll say, 13 years ago. Somehow the formula became how many people can I stuff in one spot with minimal equipment and they can do a little bit of everything, right, at once, right? So it's kind of like, hey, you can run, you can lift, you can box. And some of those things at, together don't mix, right? It doesn't give anyone a full focus. So somewhere along the road, the formula became, you know, whether it was like when, you know, retro started really coming out of planets and these $10 memberships or whatever it is, or, you know, people are doing these different boot camps and realizing that you can fit all these people do boot camps. They like all this different hybrid training. Nothing wrong with that. But the formula became, hey, let's fit how many people, you know, my class became... 80 people in the class versus me being, it became John, Scott, Joanne, you know, Jason, whatever in my class. And so I think a lot of people are missing it. Um, I, and that's what I, that's the other part of being part of this community where people feel like I go there and the owner praises me. He knows me, you know, as it's not, I'm not one of 50 people who will never learn how to throw a proper hook because I'm in the back of the room. They'll never see me and I'm out. So uh, I think that's one thing that, you know, we do, um, that I do very well here in uh, uh, Endgame and has kept everyone together and, and involved. That's the, the involved and engaged. Those are the two things that uh, are very important in that formula. Yeah, it sounds like there's still a, a really strong feeling of personal connection, of belonging and attention where, you know, you are charging a premium price. You're not, you know, you're not the free classes at the YMCA or the, the $10 at the 24 fitness. Like, it's a premium product and you're making sure that you reinforce that decision with good relationships and good training every time you come in. Absolutely. Not, not, not really a lot of bells and whistles and gimmicks. It's just 
you're just going real hard on the relationships. And that's, I think that's the, that's the main thing. You know, one of the, one of the major parts here in Endgame especially is, you know, and I think we spoke before, my equipment, I don't have 80 million pieces of equipment. I'll have the new age, you know, in order to, you know, to create a proper squat. You have to hit this other machine that lays on your shoulders and straps you around your waist. And I don't need all that. You know, sometimes you just need one dumbbell holding the goblet position and drop it down low. And so, and, and that's one of those things where it's, I don't want the, the equipment doesn't outweigh the work. Put it that way. The person that is using the equipment, that's the work. That's where it's happening. That person, that's the person putting in the work. And I think that's where you put your attention to. So when you're doing all these exercises and you're doing all these different things, I only have what is needed to help that person get to that goal. And that's all we need because it's the person that's making that happen. And if you don't look at it as the person having value other than 0.8 of a person on your spreadsheet, you know, then you'll lose them because that person will turn around and be like, well, now they judge like everything else. Now, well, I really like using these five other machines and you don't have them, so I'm going to leave. Well, you didn't present value in what you do and you didn't present value in the person that you're selling to. So now you're just, well, this one's $10 and this one is, you know, 20 bucks and I'll just go here. Well, no, you're not going to come to me if you want to spend $10 a month, but you will come to me though if you have a goal. If I show you that we're going to invest into you, what you want to invest into us, and you want to get to what you want to do. And I think that, you know what, the price point doesn't mean anything. Because if you look at it and you give them that value and you value the person that's in front of you, you'll keep them. That's it. It's always value. It's it's never price yeah. or very, very, very infrequently is it price. And usually those are life circumstances you can't do a whole bunch about. So two more things I want to hit before we run out of time here. We're crushing it. One is you're fully launching a built out virtual component of what you're doing. Um, it's really, you know, something to add on value to your clients, to take away some of the difficulties with people who may go on vacation or may need to take time out of the gym. There's a lot of upsides to it. So give us the, uh, the details behind that, what you're doing there. Yeah, so uh, Endgame Boxing and Fitness is going to be launching a virtual site. Uh, the virtual site is going to allow for two live classes each week uh, that they can tune in and join in at the same time um, in a VR site. Um, and at the same time, uh, they will have uh, classes that will be, those classes will be recorded and they can go and play back those classes. Also, there will be other branded content um, that will help them review, uh, like I'm saying in the boxing, their stance, their punches, things of that nature. Um, what we found was, again, being in the particular area that we are in Philly, um, a lot of people do go to the shore, people move and do this, and you, you, there's the great, the good thing about the pandemic is people learn how to use their computers more, right? So people learn how to be able to do Zoom calls. Uh, I think I went to a Zoom wedding, if I remember, for, you know, correctly for it. So like, you know, I think that it was one of those areas where I looked at it and said, well, you know what, we can hit on all sides, and so that way you can take Endgame with you. Um, you know, and, you know, I still have people that are at their beach house and the Sunday comes like at 9 a.m. Like, all right, show up in front of your computer, get your friends is like a whole family. And I'm like, all right, let's just go to work. Um, and so that was a thought process of uh, putting it in virtual. So uh, in the middle of the month, we're looking at launching that out so that we, we have more accessibility, uh, not just to our clientele, but to, you know, people who are, in, you know, California who are just thinking about like, hey, let me look around. Oh, there's Endgame. Let's try it. Um, and we just want to be able to be available uh, that way because I, I think that what we, I know what we do is, is something that is very particular and that people, there's interest for people to do that and who may not live in Philly. So 
here we are doing it uh, virtually. So that that's the excited. We're very excited about getting that done. All right, and then last but certainly not least, let us sit in some of the grand plans where things are going to be going uh, with the business, with your location, with potential you know expansion going forward. What are the big goals, big dreams for this thing? Well, a um, couple of a couple of points that were a big process for mine uh, for my thought process was a uh, one about expansion. Uh, you know, we wanted to start. I wanted to start here in Philly. Uh, the goal was to spread out amongst the Eastern Seaboard, not afraid to explore out to the West. Um, but our, our goal is to definitely be growing within the next, you know, five years um, and growing our locations out. Um, so that's one of the first thing expansion is what we're, we're looking at. And now that I've seen the 1,100 square foot model versus the 25,000 square foot model, I also do realize that I don't need the 25,000 square feet that I was thinking about. So um, I think that we've learned formula of where, like how to be successful in what areas, how to do it. Um, so we're looking to do that expanding wise. Um, the idea also for Endgame on the trainer side and being a person who has worked with a lot of trainers, a trainer himself, um, you know, there are genius people out there who are trainers that want to get into a position to manage, run a studio, and they just don't have the capital. They just don't have the investors. They just don't have stuff. They have the brain. They have whatever that is. Uh, so hopefully the, the, the idea for Endgame is to get to a point where we actually have a program that will foster some of these trainers to be able to come in run a studio, be able to run a studio, because in Endgame Studio, you can have a trainer, you know, run and do all these things as well um, and get a little piece of the pie. So that way, instead of struggling to try to figure out how you're going to come up with so much money to open up a location, um, that you can come into one and run it like your own, you know, and be and get part of that. So uh, there is a graduating uh, part of the program for uh, trainers who do exhibit that ability or, and want to take that next step. Uh, without having to go with the risk of doing all that. So we do want to grow to that spot too, um, to be able to expand out. So, and then just to kind of push the brand in the community. Um, I think that there's, you know, especially when it comes to uh, boxing, which is our main thing. Uh, when it comes to boxing, I think that it's really, um, it's unfortunate that there's times where people just feel like they, you know, they can't box. They have to walk into a gym and they have to put on headgear and hit somebody in order to learn how to box. Um, or they just go places where people say, yeah, that looks good, <laughs> you know? And uh, I think what we've, what we've worked in the formula is that we've taken people, I walked up to one of my members the other day and I said, I asked him, I said, hey man, how many fights you got? And he looked at me and goes, Jeff, you know, I've never thrown a punch until I came here. I was like, yeah, but I'm looking at you and it looks like you fought a couple of people. And that's because he immersed himself in the process. You know, he really, he's just gotten to a point, so proud of him, there's so many stories I can go through, but this particular, you know, I'm so proud of him because he really invested himself into what Endgame is about. And, you know, tell you the truth, the, the way that he said other people have asked me too, like, oh man, well, he has experience. He must've fought a bunch of people. I say he joined in January, <laughs> you know? And, and that's kind of, you know, that's kind of where we want to get to is where really people are coming out, having a great experience, learning and being part of this community. And we want to branch that, branch that out as well. Um, you know, so we want to continue that community. And then, like I said, I want to get into, you know, I would love to be part of getting into some big boxes where we're just having end game, smaller location in there, kind of working in just the boxing part of it and just being a part. So we want to expand in all, in all aspects. That's, that's our goal. That's the vision. That's, uh, you know, that's what the legacy I want to, I want to bring in and leave in the fitness world. Awesome, man. Well, it sounds like the, the flagship location, the proof of concept is going well. And the sky's the limit, right? It's going to go as far as, as you want to push it. And like we said off the air, we both got a lot of years left in this business that we want to do more 
spread more, help more people and, uh, you know, health and wellness the way in the flavors that we like it. So I look forward to seeing where things go. I definitely, uh, I already gave you a follow on social media, on uh, Facebook, on Instagram. So uh, I'm going to say everybody out there listening, you should check out Jeff, the general Endgame boxing and fitness, Facebook, their website, Instagram, anywhere else you want to find them. Jeff, it's been a pleasure having you here today, sir. I really appreciate you spending some time with us and I wish you, you continued success. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And you know what? To everyone out there, man, just keep working. You'll get there. You just got to keep working. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. To everybody out there listening, we appreciate you. We wouldn't be here if you weren't here listening to us. Hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. Don't be afraid to get out there and do your own thing. Figure it out. Go out. If you got work ethic, drive, and passion, make it work. There's plenty of people that need it. If you want to hear more episodes, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when they drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.